With the NBA Finals around the corner, you can bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet up to $1,500 if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus. Bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. We've done it. We did it, AK. The internet works. The The internet internet works. works. I don't know what happened with the original link, but for some reason, it just decided that maybe the best friends just need some time to talk to themselves because we were talking to ourselves. It said we were live here on our little screen here, but then we looked on our YouTube page and literally nothing was happening. Nothing was happening. But as you can see, we are live and we welcome you to a very special edition of on to the next one this week as you can see we are in video form following ufc 275 in singapore last night and a lot of you are here as returning listeners and viewers some of you may be joining us for the very first time so if you are new to the show we're going to be doing some matchmaking following last night's pay-per-view card i am mike heck and joining me as always the co-host the co-matchmaker the prince of positivity and gosh darn it, he's my best friend, Alexander K. Lee. Hello, oh, sir. That last title, the only one that means anything to me, my best friend. That 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 is all. As lo- I could lose everything else, as long as I'm your best friend. That's that's what's gonna get me through the day. Uh, I'm doing great, man. That card, you know. Again, I told you I think I missed the prelims, but that main card was a card and a half. I mean, if really, if you're like me and you only caught the main <laughs> card, you are satisfied. You you are full. I mean, I know there was some some nice highlights, a couple of crazy knockouts on the. Uh, on the prelims but that main card was just rife with drama and storylines and great performances and controversy and yes the mixing of the martial arts everything that we want to see on a high level mma card so uh so it was great and i just want to say ahead of time first of all thank you everyone for tuning in and for any of our regulars who normally send in picks guys which uh, who send in picks ahead of time guys we tell you we're doing a live on the live show we're probably not going to get around to reading a lot of uh a lot of the listener picks 
mostly we'll be attending to ones in the comments. That's sort of the point of doing a live show. Uh, of course, we welcome you guys sending in picks. Just be be aware. Uh, picks, questions, comments, stuff that you want to see read uh, that you send me in the DMs probably aren't going to be addressed right now. But I will, uh, as always, uh, try to reply directly. So instead of an on-air shout-out, you may get a, a direct response from me, which is which is just as good, if not better, I feel. I agree. It's very personal, and uh, I'm probably not going to do that, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but I appreciate you doing it. But now, normally, this is in podcast form. We, we, like you said, we read the listener submissions. Yeah, but we're gonna throw them up here. We'll get to as many of these suggestions here as we can. Some of these are really easy in my eyes. Others are not. But I am amped, AK, because we were treated to one of the greatest fights ever in the main event. No one saw this coming. They thought it was going to be one-way traffic for one guy over the other. And throughout the history of the sport, our fanmanship, we've had technical masterpieces. As you allude to all the time, we've had mixing of the martial arts in competitive form, skill-for-skill examples that were far better than this from from a technical standpoint. But this is fighting, AK. This is a freaking fight. This was... Roddy Piper and they live kind of stuff. This is, even though the movie sucks as a whole, this is Rocky Balboa versus Tommy Gunn in the mean streets of Philadelphia kind of stuff. Just an all-out battle, an incredible roller coaster ride, and in the end, Glover Teixeira, the 42-year-old man that a lot of people felt that was going to get run over by the chaotic Gary Prohashka, less than 30 seconds away from probably retaining his title, and out of nowhere, Yuri Prohashka submits him with the rear naked choke. Incredible fight. One of the best title fights ever. One of the best made events ever. And the reign of Yuri Prohashka has begun, AK. So my question to you is, are we just running this one right back? We're just running this one right back, right? Or do you have another idea? That would be my number one choice. Uh, I do, you know, as far as immediate rematches go, usually not in favor, but hard to go wrong with this one. Even though, even though I doubt a rematch would would be able to match the excitement, I, I think a rematch would would actually end in an earlier finish. Um, I don't know what was in the water tonight. Uh, again, both guys we know are tough as hell, um, so maybe they could have. Maybe their first meeting was always destined to go, you know, almost a full five rounds. Um, but to ask them to do that again. Man, that's that's unlikely. But we, we certainly should at least get the chance to uh, to, to see if it's possible. Uh, I'll throw out a couple of other options just in case they decide not to do Prashka to share a two right away. I'm still in favor. Um, you know, we're all aboard the Magomed Angolayev train. I know there's no rush because we all think he's getting a title shot uh, eventually. He does have to fight Anthony Smith, uh, UFC 277. But uh, should he win that fight, I'm, I'm fine with him getting the... Um, getting that title fight to share who knows maybe he wants to take some time off i know he said he wanted to fight twice before the end of the year but i think that was working under the assumption that he beat you and then and didn't take quite as much damage so it could be he could turn around in three months it could be 2023 till we see clover again so in that and just in case you have a challenger right there in ankle and for tashera uh, again should for let's say for some reason for Hashka's not ready or they just don't want to book the rematch I'd like to see him fight Dominic Reyes. We keep trying to find the right sort of comeback fight for Dominic Reyes. And obviously, that's an extremely difficult one. That could be four straight losses for Dominic Reyes. But I'm also sure he wants to come back to a big fight. So uh, that's about as big as he can get without a title shot. So I'm, I'm, I'd go. I, I'd like to see that fight. I think that fight's possible. Uh, um, but I would definitely put that way, way behind my interest in uh, just running this one back. Yeah, we're running this one back, my best friend. Normally, 
like you were saying, I, I might advocate for some kind of a plan B, but this just isn't the kind of storyline you can stick in your back pocket for a couple of years. This isn't Connor Nate. This just isn't that. Like you can't just pull it out whenever you want and you're like, eh, this is a rematch we could do anytime. No, because the clock is ticking here on the great career of the 42-year-old Glover Teixeira. And quite frankly, who knows how long Yuri can keep fighting like such a madman. But who knows? This guy is something else. Maybe he can go on like another decade. Maybe he is just like the chaotic Tom Brady of MMA. It is Yuri Prohashka after all. But listen, unless unless Magomed Ankalaev dump trucks Anthony Smith on July 30th, and I mean just runs him over, flatlines him, finishes him in just epic fashion, and it's just one of those performances you can't ignore, the winner of that fight should just get Jan Blachowicz. Like, it could be a fight night main event. You could do that in Abu Dhabi on the main card of UFC 280, whenever the hell it is. And it's a surefire number one contender fight because guess what? There's no number one contender right now. Jan Blachowicz is trying, and God bless him, he should. But he didn't look, he, he didn't go out there and just run over Alexander Rakic. He, Rakic took a step back and hurt his knee. And it was a 1919 fight before that happened. And then Ankalaev, yeah, he's had a nice streak, but the Tiago Santos win didn't give us a lot to talk about. We weren't hankering for him to fight for the belt. So he's just got a dump truck, Anthony Smith. That's his best chance. Otherwise, he fights Jan Blachowicz, which is still a very – you know, a very good, good fight, but I, I, and I, I get, and I also get this side of the equation. Like it's, <laughs> we, we feel for these guys after a war like that. But again, if we're ever going to see it again, we have to see it next or we're just not going to see it again. We are. No, listen, these people, these, these men exist for our amusement. They dance. We, we say dance and they, and they dance for us and they dance the, the dance of death. And then that is that. And then we, and then we discard them. We discard them and, Good luck in retirement. That is how these things work. All right. I, I don't want to hear this bleeding heart. Oh, what if Dip Dip got hurt so much in the first fight? Like, what are we doing here? This is combat sports. These people, these people mean nothing to me. I mean nothing. Clip that. We'll send I'll send that to, to New York Rick later. Clip that. These people mean nothing to me. Uh no, I listen. I'm 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 a I'm a big time soy boy. So, like you said, Mike, we see that angle of it, but um, but I will say though, I, my my thing with uh, with Blahovitz is though, is um uh, Blakovich, excuse me, is that I had previously said I I want him to fight Anthony Smith because I expect Anthony Smith to lose to Ankalaev. So I'm I'm kind of st- having to stick with with um, my my ought no path for now. Obviously, so much can change, especially after the way this fight went. Uh, you know, the, the, how, whatever the match might have been thinking, this is this is going to give them some gives them some new options. But um, yes, my assumption is that Ankalaev will beat Anthony Smith. So then I want to see Anthony Smith fight uh, Jan Blakovich. And then again, we could get the stream match, or if, or we, the alternate scenarios that I sort of just uh, suggested might play out. Yeah, Glover, of course, classy as ever in defeats. I think this could be one of those fights where, and he's a pretty positive guy. He came out just smiling. Like who comes out and smiles before they fight Yuri Prohashka? He sure did. He was calm, cool, and collected, and wants to do it again. So he basically calls out Yuri once to fight him. Spends over twenty-four minutes with him in the octagon. Just an all-time war. And then he says, you know what? Let's do it again. Let's do it again. How could you not love this? But we'll see what happens. 205 is its pretty interesting right now. It really is. But we'll see what happens on July 30th. Maybe Ankalaev can make a statement. And who knows when these guys are going to be able to return. So... 
We're this close to crowning an NBA champ. And with the action heating up on the court, it's even hotter at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet, up to $1,500 if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire. 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great but together we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. I know this seems kind of lazy, AK, but co-main event, we expected to have two separate matchups here because I think we all felt that Valentina Shevchenko would do Valentina Shevchenko type things. But Tyler Santos showed up to Singapore and said, I'm not having it. She made things very competitive. She gave Valentina Shevchenko and a lot of betters a big, big scare. But in the end, Shevchenko wins a split decision. I scored it 48-47 for Chevy. No problem with it. I gave her rounds two, rounds four, and round five. One judge gave Shevchenko four rounds, which, by the way, I've seen a lot of complaints about this on social media. 49-46 is not a great card, but it's not egregious either. You can. I went back and watched the fight this morning. There is a case for Valentina winning that first round. It's not a great one, but a good lawyer can argue that Valentina won that first <laughs> round. We have seen way worse scorecards. That 49-46 was probably like the, the fifth worst scorecard of the night. 30-27, Jocelyn Edwards was a pretty awful scorecard. Way worse than this one, if we're being honest. And then there's another fight as well. I think the cool, the whatever, the fight Josh Coolabaugh won. One judge scoring it on the other, Kyung Ho Kang, scoring it on the other side. Is just uh, Choi, 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 Choi. Excuse me, yeah. excuse me. Was just ridiculous. That's a terrible scorecard. This was not a, this is a bad scorecard, but it's not a terrible scorecard. But either way, Close fight, a lot of discussion about it. There's a lot of ways you can go with Valentina right now, which we haven't been able to say that in a while. 
Misha Tate beats Lauren Murphy, you got something there. If she doesn't, you could go to 35. But to me, we just run this some bitch back. Shevchenko Santos too. Nothing else makes any sense to me at all, my best friend. I think you got to run this back. The clash of heads is crazy. That was the turning point in the fight. And I have so many questions coming out of it. I just want to see these two fight again. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm all for that. Again, I have some other alternatives just for, just for the sake of the show. Mike, as uh, as the great, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna hate myself. I forget. I think it was, it was it was Mike Brophy, I believe. Um, uh, no, was it Mike Brophy? Anyway, I'm sorry. One of my professors, uh. And at Centennial College, who was a producer for Hockey Night in Canada, um, always said, the six Ps, Mike, proper preparation prevents piss poor performance. And that is why I have these alternative picks. And I will, and I will get to those. And I will, pardon my language, everyone. And I will get to those in a second. It wasn't Mike Brophy. Who am I? I'm going to hate myself. I'll remember. I'll look it up later. Um, but firstly, I want to say, I, I just, I don't want to hear... I'm going to say this every show. I know it's a broken record. Just people just need to until unless I know that you have read the scoring criteria and you understand it. I don't give two F's about your opinion of whether you thought a fight was a robbery or not. And believe me, I can tell the difference. I can. There are people who I'm sure will leave comments and say, oh, I've read the criteria. And it's like I can tell within seconds if someone has read the scoring criteria and if they have understood it, because I will tell you right now, four to five MMA fans have not. I don't mind people saying like, oh, well, I feel this is the, this person won the fight because, but when they criticize the judging, that's another story because the judges work with the set criteria, which again, does not, and the criteria does not necessarily jibe with what people think, uh, uh, you know, scoring a fight should look like. And that's okay. Like, I, I agree sometimes. I think grappling is, I think grappling is almost kind of um, not getting enough credit now. I think, you know, they, they changed it in 2017 that a big emphasis on damage, right? Everything is emphasis on damage. So I do feel like um, takedowns, control, and things like that are almost getting diminished a little too much, and that's frustrating for fans. But the fact is, per the rules, damage is the first thing that matters. So I certainly scored the first round for Telesantos, but apparently those little shoulder punches, you know, the <laughs> Shevchenko being on the ground, throwing punches over his shoulder, little uh again uncomfortable but not really damaging punches punches that weren't even registered as significant strikes in the statistics uh was enough to to win her the round on one card again and i and i don't hate it i just don't necessarily agree with it anyway people read the criteria uh we'll be talking this will be another fight that i'm sure people are talking about it for some time um so my alternative picks for they don't need that much explanation shevchenko if they want to just give give her a fresh challenger at 125, uh, the Araujo Alexa Grasso winner August 13th. Um, I don't I think it's too soon for either of them, but again, this is just if Shevchenko wants to stay busy and for some reason they don't want to book this Tyler Santos rematch. For Tyler Santos, then instead she would get the Lauren Murphy uh Misha Tate winner. More likely Lauren Murphy. Uh if if Lauren Murphy won, she would get Tyler Santos because she wouldn't get a tele shot again. If Misha Tate wins, she probably moves into uh one of those pole positions for can you have multiple pole positions? Anyway, uh, she probably becomes one of the favorites to potentially fight Shevchenko. So that's really more a Lauren Murphy thing, a Lauren Murphy, Tyler Santos. But those are just options. I'm with you, Mike. Magic wand pick. Run it back. Let's see how it goes. Yes, run it back. And But, I mean, if Misha Tate goes out and beats Lauren Murphy, you know the UFC is just going to go ahead and make that fight. They're just going to make it. You could, you could actually, That could actually main event a card. Because Misha's a star and Valentina is getting there, if you will. So that's not a fight that's just an automatic co-main event. You could headline a pay-per-view with that card. Is it going to do a million pay-per-views? Probably not, but it's something that will get people interested. And 
people watch that fight. Most MMA fans, especially the old school ones, we all, they all know who Misha Tate is. They're just getting to know Valentina. Love the fight. I mean, it's it's just, I don't love the fight, but it's a fight that I think that the UFC will make and will jump the queue with that one if, if possible. So let's see what happens. But yeah, I, I would rather see them just run this one back. There's too many questions here. And the way Tyler Santos competed, the accidental clash of heads, I think we just need to see more of it. So let's just see what happens. I feel like Valentina will make some adjustments. I would still pick Valentina to win, but Tyler Santos' stock rose tremendously, even in defeat, and now she's going to be out for a little while anyways. So maybe it won't happen because she's got the broken orbital, orbital, but I don't know how long she's going to be out for. And who knows, Valentina's, even though she says, I want to fight two more times this year, she's not really the most active fighter of, of all time either. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I told people Tyler would be tough. I told I I I will I will repeat this from the mountaintop as much as I need to. I was telling everyone Tyler Santos would be a tough matchup, the toughest matchup of Valentina Shevchenko's career. So I was vindicated. Yes, that was a, a pretty spot on breakdown. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Now, before we get into what Zhang Wei Li did last night, tip of the uh, proverbial cap to Yuani and Jacek, who announced her retirement following the conclusion of that. Pretty gnarly knockout loss to Zhang Wei Li. What a fight. Round six was incredible. Zhang, one of Zhang's all-time best performances. I mean, she just ran over Yuana and Jacek in the end, and Yuana was game as hell. But Yuana said, this is it. I'm done. I'm, I'm 35, 36 years old. I want to start a family. I want to start a business. Maybe she wants to jump into the managerial side of the sport, but she's not going anywhere. She's going to be attached to MMA. and But her fighting career is over. Yuana says she's done, AK. Your thoughts on just a tremendous career from Yuana Champion. Yeah, let's just do our happy trails now, right? Because I always say we should save it for the end of the show, and then we forget. So this is <laughs> – guys, we will, we will finally be doing our, our, our happy trails and remembering. We've, we've forgotten for several fighters who kind of – some of the more low-key retirements. Uh, this one, again, happened right in the moment. You you could almost feel it coming, I think, as soon as, you know, one, as soon as she got knocked out and, and it, it – once the excitement of the moment kind of passed and we all kind of took a breath and went and said, wow, holy crap. Like she just lost like really badly in her first fight in over, over 800 days. Um, immediately. I'm sure most people were thinking that that could be the end, you know, that, that, that very logically is the last time we've seen her fight. And sure enough, they gave her the mic after, um, they gave her her time and she said she's done. And, and, and it, listen, she's, she's, um, I mean, pioneer is such a cliche and and the goat is such a cliche, but I mean, she is all those things. She really did help build up the 115 pound division, which I think most people would agree is, is probably the strongest, most interesting uh, women's division in the UFC right now. Uh, I like flyweight a lot, but again, you know, with, with Valentina on top and and dominating so much, uh, her, her, um, her contenders usually don't get enough credit. Uh, Valentina was also dominant, but sort of in a different way, you know, um, and, and, and her opponents, I don't know if they were better marketed or they're just taking more seriously the threats, but like Jessica Andras, Claudia Gadelia was, it was a good rival for her. Um, the, the way she destroyed Car- uh, Carla Spars in that first fight, uh, in defeat, the, the war with Zhang Wei Li. Um, she went five rounds with Valentina and that fight wasn't super competitive. There's just so many memorable moments, uh, winning or losing. And she had such a distinct style. You know, she was, she was arguably the mistress of, uh, death, death by a thousand cuts. You know, she's not going to go out there and start someone with a flying knee or with a, with a one punch KO, but you just knew you're going to get this high quality, super fun to watch striking performance. 
and, and a great demeanor about her, you know. Some of her trash talk here and there, a little questionable. Um, some of her maybe post by comments, kind of, you know, uh, whatever excuses for losses and bad weight cuts. I know people don't agree with that. But overall, as far as combat sports stars go, I mean, this is what you want. You want you want this person who carries himself with that confidence, who's willing to fight anyone um, who, uh, you know, who ha- who just, w- uh, you know, they always show those gifts of like uh, of a silhouette of someone. Could you guess who this fighter is? She's, I think, one of those fighters for sure. If you just showed a silhouette of 10 seconds of her stand up or something, you'd be like, that's your one. And so what what a girl's, you know, her personality, her fighting style, whichever it is that jumped out, or, jumped out at you the most. Uh, she won't be forgotten for a long time. And I think, I think there's, even though with her two losses to Zhang and her two losses to Rose, there's still a lot of people that are going to look her body of work and say that she is, she still has the best resume at 115 pounds. She has not been knocked off that perch definitively quite yet. And uh, considering how long it's been since she last fought, that's, that's pretty damn impressive. Completely agree. What a career she had. One of the best at the ceremonial way in stare downs. She's tremendous at that. That was an all-time drubbing of Carlos Sparza when she won the belt. You actually felt bad for Carlos in that situation. Like, you realize the risk that these fighters take, but, I mean, she just ran over Carla, and it took a while for Carla to come back, which actually makes Carla getting back to the title really impressive. Like, I know we sort of discard the win over Rose. It wasn't a great fight, but, I mean, no, a lot of fighters don't come back from a beatdown like that. And Ioana did. Just think about what Jessica Andrade has done over the last few years. And even before she fought Ioana. But Ioana just, I mean, showcased performance. She styled on Jessica Andrade. How many fighters have been able to say that they went out there and just styled on Jessica Andrade? You might get a quick finish and like a crazy, you know, Zhang Weili had a quick finish. But, I mean, Ioana was just like, watch me, watch me, watch me. She was like Steph Currying out there. And I hate saying that name. And I hate using that <laughs> oh, as an wow. example. But that's that. But that's I mean that's what she did to Jessica Andrade. So tremendous fighter, and I actually agree with what Jed said on the post fight show. She'd be a good manager, sure, but I almost I, I almost want to see the UFC just be like, what do we need to do to keep you around? Do something with her. You could use her in multiple facets. She could be an ambassador for the brand. She can, like I I thought Dave Shaw did a nice job at the press conference, but imagine Yuani and Jacek is like the the one stepping in for Dana White if he can't come to a card and Ioana's out there answering questions, that'd be super cool. So I'm glad she's sticking around. She's going to stay around in the sport and happy trails to one of the all-time greats, Ioana and Jacek. So there we go. Yeah, we talk about people being like one of a kind. I mean, she's there. I mean, she fits that. Again, I've thrown another cliche out there. She certainly fits that description. Uh, and let me just say, gosh, before I forget, the producer, the producer that I was talking before, one of my influences someone who taught me a lot a mark askin mark shout out to mark askin uh who was an gr- amazing television producer or is i'm not sure i think he's still with hockey in canada anyway brilliant mind six p's proper preparation <laughs> prevents piss for performance remember that tell that to your kids you can take you can just make it the five p's and take the piss out if you want but it makes it a little more punchy and more memorable i feel yes jj from the hood i love that the press conference yeah i was like night. okay yeah, it's like her spit on Jenny from the block. I was well going to say Joanna from the block. All right. Can we ban Nick? Can we ban him? No, stop it. Listen, that listen, this series is going seven. I'm, yeah. I'm rooting for the Warriors, but this is going seven. I, I, They're just so evenly matched. Now let's talk about Zhang Weili, AK. Yeah. The spinning back fist was ridiculous. We've seen Yuana lose and get finished before, but we've never seen her just 
colded like that. That was that was bad, bad. And we know where this is going to lead to. I mean, again, this is not one of those ones where we had to think very deep about it. This is it's it's just there. She's gonna fight Carlos Barza for the belt next. Even if there is a discussion point, well, Zhang needs to do this or this person gets a title shot. Zhang needs to do nothing more. She gets a title shot. She might be the best hundred. This version that we saw last night might be the best strawweight in the world. She's going to fight Carla next. And boy, we knew her next title fight wasn't going to be easy, but this just feels like a nightmare matchup for the new champion, does it not? Man, Zhang couldn't just lose that fight and not break completely break our rankings. Our rankings are screwed. They're screwed. They're, After they're, this whole card, dude. The, the math, it's like, this was like, again, if, you know, I'm not going to use an MMA math calculator, but it's like if you put in like an, an illogical equation in a calculator and you get this, that big fat E, you know, just error, just like the cannot compute. How do we even do the math here? All four, you know, names at the top have fought each other, including Ioana, I am now retired, but would have would have been ranked in the top four if, if, uh, if we were including her. Uh, have fought each other, so, you know, have beaten each other, um, have rematched each other. It is so confusing. I I'll tell people ahead of time, I'm pretty sure I just keep Carla at the top until the fight with Zhang is made. I'm going to save myself the headache. People could put Zhang at the top. People could, Rose could keep Rose Namajunas at the top. Uh, people could put Jessica, Jessica Andra at the top. Excuse me. So five names, five names in the mix there. Complete chaos. Uh, but yeah, Zhang, Zhang was just spectacular. And... I mean, you love when someone is. She was way ahead in the. She was way ahead um, in the fight for sure. I mean, uh, Joanna was competitive, but boy, she just was not. And you're clearly a step behind uh, Zhang on Saturday night. And for her to cap it off, like that's that's a. I know I'm ahead, and I could probably win a decision. It's only a three round fight this time, but I really like. I'm feeling real good. I'm really feeling myself when you throw a, a strike like that that ends the fight. That. Uh, and, and hey, look, and that's what turns it from a memorable, great performance into like an all-time great finish because that replay will be shown over and over and over and over and over and over again. Every, everything about it was spectacular. What do we do with Zhang? Um, yeah, I guess I guess it's just uh, it's just Carlos Barza, right? That's <laughs> there's no uh, uh, Mike. You and I joked. I think we can tell people we joked on uh, on Slack. I was saying uh, Carla should, if she has any sort of nagging injuries, maybe take a have take a surgery. Maybe take a surgery that's gonna <laughs> that's gonna require you to be out for uh, you know get the surgery. You're gonna be out for like six months. Maybe force uh, Zhang to take another fight and just buy yourself some time. Uh, I'm sure that's not how Carlos Barza thinks. I'm sure Carlos Barza is like, I can beat Zhang Willy. I'm not afraid. But she should be a little worried. And uh, and Mike, you said she should just consider renewing her wedding vows. You know, uh, you're, you're, <laughs> that was you're, a, that was a yeah. that was a private joke. AK. Right. You're you're a married man. Uh, it's never <laughs> it's normal to to renew your vows like three months after, right? Why not? Never too early. It's never, it's never too, too early. late. It's never too early. So, <laughs> and, and she already kind of feel like put off her her actual wedding, you know, to accommodate the UFC. So they should do her a favor, let her renew her vows uh, sometime this uh, this fall, and, and just push that fight back. I don't know. Um, but the fight probably happens, and uh, as a lot of us have said, and, uh, man, uh, Zhang's going to be a massive favorite, fair or not. But uh, don't count out the champ. I get, you never count out the champs, right? I mean, anything can happen. Anything can happen. She's a great wrestler. I mean, Glover Teixeira lost to Yuri Prohashka. That tells you <laughs> anything can happen, especially though how confident I was. But I'm not going to go back and down we that so well because we'd be here. I was so we were so it's round, so every single round except the third. I was like I fan, was so close to being fans. Ready. Know fans know how good. Like I'm one of the least people to like 
have a hot take and like and like really sit on it. I'm, I'm people. I'm a fence sitter. I'm a I'm a take jumper. I'm just I change my mind on <laughs> that. So, but most bands aren't like me. They'll they'll like have a take and they'll hang on to it. And that was kind of how I was, and and you were as well with Glover. It's like man, and and they. So most bands, unlike me, know how good it feels when you have a take and you've had a take for like six months, nine months, a year, and it's it's justified. Oh, you feel like you're the smartest, the smartest person in the world. And and our take was still justified, Mike. But we don't quite get that that satisfaction that we that we almost did. When when Glover took Yuri down in the first round. I was like, yes, it's over. Like, it's all done. And then he got up and I'm like, oh God, he's going to get knocked out. And then he, Glover survived. And I'm like, I'm just waiting for the worst to happen. And then it looks like the worst is going to happen in the second round. And then Glover turned the tide and actually won the second round, which is insane. Oh, the fight was so freaking good. You, I'm going to go you, back and watch it again. You went through, I think Glover has this. Oh no, here comes Yuri at least eight different times during that fight. Oh, probably more. It's like <laughs> once or twice every single round. It was absolutely nuts. Now, with the comments here, one of the more popular names that we heard, and rightfully so after this performance, is one Jake Matthews. Looked the best he has ever looked last night. Runs over Andre Fialo. And by the way, if you listen to No Bets Bard with myself and Jed Michoud, I told you that Jake Matthews is super live and to go and just get after it. Put Put that coin on Jake Matthews, the underdog. Definitely didn't see this thing coming and this performance coming. But Jake Matthews had Andre Fialo with all the hype behind him on skates for pretty much the entire fight. Puts him away in the second. Sensational performance. Cashed a fake dog ticket for me. A real dog ticket for Jed. AK, where are we going with Jake Matthews after this incredible performance? Man, I, I the pre-fight, I said I need to see the dog and Jake Matthews. We saw a friggin' Rottweiler on Saturday. That was insane. Uh, I feel at least better. People uh, having hearing a lot of people say uh, Shaheen was one of them. That like that was not Jake Matthews. That was not the Jake Matthews that we the the the, the warm and fuzzy Jake Matthews that we know and love. That was not him. That was a savage. That was a that was not a mixed martial arts combat sports athlete. That was a fighter. Capital F. Capitalize all the letters. Fighter. Uh, it was amazing. He 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 wasn't settling for anything less than a finish. He wasn't shying away from a super aggressive Andre Fialio. He said, "Bring it on." Got the better of him on almost every exchange and just looked amazing. So yeah, uh, good for him. He's only twenty. We said he's only twenty seven, twenty eight years old. Maybe this is his prime. Maybe this is as uh, as Cad Cat or Scott McCrate parading as Cad Bane's revenge. Man, change your name back. Uh, uh, maybe this is Jake Matthews 2.0, and 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 this will be a turning point because um, you've seen a lot of him in the UFC, but maybe everything was just preamble to to this. So I want to see him get a super stiff test. Uh, yeah, again, he's he is technically a UFC veteran, so it's not like uh, he's anyone anyone that needs protection. Let's get him in there with a guy with a similar record, a super exciting fighting style, and someone who also always feels like he's on the cusp of the top twenty, top fifteen. Um, he had to pull out a fight recently, so hopefully, hopefully everything's all right. But uh, Elizu Zaleski. Elizu Zaleski, Jake Matthews, uh, let's make it happen. I don't think they've fought before, right? Sorry, guys. I normally check this stuff way ahead of time, but we've been. They I don't have. Think so. They have not. I don't even think they've been booked against each other, which is surprising, because their careers are pretty pretty lined up with uh, you know their time in the UFC. So, um, yeah, give them Elizu Zaleski, awesome fight, and whoever wins, I think maybe he's in the top fifteen. Some people might have them in there already, but certainly a uh, much stronger case. Yeah, I think this is probably the toughest one because. I mean, it's tough, but it's really not because you could give him a ranked guy and no one would be upset about that. Or you give him like a top a 25 guy and no one would be upset about that. We don't want him to go backwards. I saw someone say Miguel Baeza. I think that's way too far backwards. 
Um, and plus there's another welterweight on this card that we're going to talk about that is, you know, making moves himself. So I landed on Alex Barono, AK. Alex Barono would probably want to take a flight to Paris. I would be shocked if they don't throw Jake Matthews on this Paris card. I'd be shocked if they didn't throw all the Australians on that Paris card because they all seem to want to want to fight in September in Paris. So, yeah, you can't. I mean, no one's going to complain about Jake Matthews versus Alex Morono. You have two guys that are pretty much in a similar spot, try to break into the top fifteen, and if Alex is ready to go and he's ready to go relatively soon, let's go. And by the way, thank you, Jake Matthews, for saving us from the on to the next one reign of terror of Andre Fialio because we we love the guy. I love watching him, but we were like, do we ban him from the show? He his whole thing is he wants to fight like once every like six weeks, so we can't even match make for him. And by the way, I will tell people, depending on his medical condition after the fight, it was pretty tough. He probably is still planning to fight again like two times for the end of the year. If anything, he might be more eager to fight again to to rebound from this loss. So don't think. I mean, it's, it's entirely possible. Maybe Jake Matthews punched some sense into him and he's like, okay, maybe I'll just, maybe I am going to chill for the rest of the year. But it's also possible he just goes, I, hey, I want to be in Paris too. I'm fine. Um, I, got, I got knocked around a little bit, but no no broken bones, no no torn muscles. Put me on that Paris card. So you could see Andre Fialio again. Uh, the guy is really unpredictable. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's a lot of options. Uh, the D Rod one was an interesting one. I like D Rod Randy Brown. That was kind of the direction I was going with that one. But I mean, again, he put himself in a very good spot. Welterweight is one of those divisions where you got to make moves and you got to get some height to, to try to get a ranking spot because it's not easy. Ask Sean Brady how tough it is to climb those rankings once you get into the top 15. But we mentioned another welterweight who made a strong move. That man is Jack Della Maddalena, AK. He is officially legit, legit, fought through some adversity in a tight anaconda choke, muscles up, gets out of it, and then just beat the hell out of Ramazan Ameev up to the body, dropped him with a nasty body shot, and then became the first man to finish Ramazan Ameev in the UFC. And the question is, how high do we want to go here? I think I have the perfect one, AK. I think I have the perfect fight. I've been waiting this is a very popular name, and I've been waiting for the right spot to say this name, and I think we've got it. Jack Della Maddalena versus Mr. Chaos Williams. Get it on the books. Let's make it happen next couple of months if we can. I love that matchup. I think it's the perfect next step up after beating a Ramazan Ameev. No more. I mean, listen, he wants to keep taking on those Dagestani wrestling challenges. That's what he was saying at the post-fight press conference, but... He wants to fight Chaos Williams instead. That's just such a banger. That's really good. That's really good. I thought I had the perfect matchup, um, who, who, as it turns out, is booked. But I went with, I really want to see him fight uh, Jeremiah Wells. Pretty much 2-0 no versus 2-0. No. Jeremiah Wells is set to fight uh, Court McGee, UFC Austin, June 18th. But I'd kind of be okay saying give him the winner of that fight. I know Court McGee, again, has had like 20 UFC fights. So there's that uh, experience. There's that gap in experience there. But I'm so impressed. I was so impressed by JDM that like I'm willing to throw him up there. I'm willing to throw him up there with Court McGee, a guy who's a real stalwart, super tough out, very difficult to knock out. If Madalena can get a, a any knockout, I don't care, first, second, third round knockout against Court McGee, man, I'll be – I mean, I was super impressed after Saturday. I don't know what I'm going to think about it after. I might just totally freak out and put him in the top ten. Um, <laughs> that's probably a bit of an overreaction, but uh, yeah, uh, let me see the well, him versus the Wells McGee winner. Um, 
But I do, I, I do love that Chaos Williams choice, though. Yeah. Can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. Go up. Fun fight. Someone with the name. Let's go. I see some Court McGee action. Uh, Court's booked, I believe. And what's crazy about... Yeah, a, he's fighting yeah. Chaos, Chaos Williams. Against, yeah, against Wells. Why, yeah. And they should just push that fight back to August 20th. Should they not? I mean, yeah, come Jeremiah on. Wells, yeah. Yeah, I mean, come on. Court McGee is from freaking Salt Lake City. Wait, like, that's not. Oh, that's in you. I just said that's in Austin, right? Oh, yeah, that's silly. Yeah, just. I mean, <laughs> that is silly. Just push it back. Push it back. <laughs> I don't know how many fights are on the card, but I mean, just push it back a couple of months. Come on. And, nah. Hey, listen. And also, by the way, Bobby Maximus. Can we get Bobby Maximus in Salt Lake City? <laughs> Can we get Bobby? He lives there. I know the UFC is like, probably like, do we really want to sign this guy? He's 40. What, what is he? 40. Uh, this is about, I, I interviewed him. I should know. It's 43, I think. I know he's a 43-year-old, but look, he can compete at heavyweight. Everyone there is old, old as hell anyway. He's in Salt You don't have to even pay for his accommodation, accommodations travel. He's there. He's there. Give Bobby Maximus a fight. Yeah, give him Francis Ngannou. Give him Francis Ngannou. Let's go. What a story. Have a couple of 40-year-old champs. So I, I want to pull this up real quick. Uh-huh. Uh, we talked about this in the post-fight show. Mark Goddard actually addressed this because this was a this was a talking point during the yeah. fight. This was weird. This was weird. It looked like a there are a couple of moments in that fight. If you watch close enough, you you questioned it. You were like, "Huh? Did he did he just tap?" And then we realized like it is Yuri Prohaska, but he probably didn't. But but did he? So Mark Goddard, who is the referee and one of the all-time great referees was asked about this on Twitter. What I like about Mark Goddard so much is that if someone hits him up and there's something that's being debated about a fight that he was a part of, he will answer the question openly and honestly. So he was asked, what's the view on the perceived Yuri tapping if you watched it back? And Mark Goddard's response was, LOL. Yuri was actually congratulating and encouraging his opponent. He did it a couple of times during the fight, and I told him it's a risky game, but it's very (laughs) clear what he was doing and intending. Let's celebrate the incredible feat for both gentlemen. So basically, he didn't tap. He was almost like, almost like clapping in a way. Like, well, like he was literally like, "Good job, Glover." Yeah, like that uh, was a good move. Listen, this is why Mark Goddard gets these big assignments and not like a Jaron Vallel, uh, because a Jaron Vallel probably like, "Oh my god," and, and just and just said, "Oh, I, he tapped out," and and then we would and Glover would still be the champion. And you oh, and Chris I, Ta- Chris Tyone would have stopped that fight. I don't know. Times. And then, no, and then restarted it somehow. <laughs> Oops, I made a mistake. <laughs> oh my! Oh my bad. <laughs> um no, no, no. listen uh yeah he did he did actually physically tap it was very strange uh, but this is why you have good refs because they have to perceive intent um yeah it's in the rules a tap out signals submission but also he's he can hear what they're saying he's aware he can see the intent behind the tap um so people and anyone who missed it yeah it was it was twice i think i want to say it was the second round uh glover's on top in mount i think he was in mounts and, and you know, looking for some, not even really, not like in the middle of a submission, but definitely looking to advance, doing some ground and pound, trying to set up arm triangles, things like that. Uh, first, uh, uh, Yuri tapped on his head, not open palm, but like a almost like a, a half, like like this, almost like a, a open fist. So that was weird. And I saw that, and I'm like, okay, why is he doing that? Like, I know it's not a tap, but that's very strange. And then uh, right on the side of his body, a very clear, like a three, like like that. That was so, and that was so strange. Uh, but again, Mark Goddard clearly was looking at you know Yuri's expression. Probably listened to him talk. He could see that there wasn't really a submission hold being applied. That Yuri was not showing distress, wasn't in danger. Um, so it was like a pat, like good job, like man, you really like you really giving it to me. Uh, good, good, good work. So I don't know if that's the smartest thing to do. 
but there's about a half dozen things in that fight that Yuri Prohashka did where we're like, that wasn't the smartest thing to do. And guess what? He's the UFC light heavyweight champion. So yeah, to, to us and everyone else, don't tell him how to do it. All right. Yeah. Which, which, it's just hilarious because you know, Yuri is probably like, Hey, Mark, Mark, I'm not tapping right now. Okay. I'm not about to tap. I'm going to give him his props. Oh, Yuri, you're a Glover. Nice job, dude. Really good. But it looked, it definitely looked like it. But again, Goddard's right there. It's Singapore. It's that market. So the crowd is just kind of quiet. So Mark could literally hear everything that was going on. He could probably hear every breath that was taken. He could probably hear every word that was said. And I'm sure Yuri was talking to him the entire time in a, in a lot of ways. So it was just such a crazy fight. Can you, can you, can you pull up this comment from CNC Comedy Factory? I like that. I like this. Uh, sarcastic tapping. Oh, no. I'm so in danger. <laughs> As a as a fan of sarcastic clapping, I like to do the. I want to believe that that was the mid fight equivalent of that. Like, oh yeah, you really got me. Good. Oh yeah, I'm really yeah. I like that. That that is my yeah. It was either encouragement or I sarcastic tapping, which uh, again probably not a smart thing to do. Uh, I don't think a lot of referees can discern between sarcasm and actually being in, in trouble. But uh, yeah, if you want to try it, go for it. Yeah, Her- Herb Dean would have been like, uh, yeah. it's not. You a know what? Herb you know what? Stop. Stop. Fight's over. Oh, oh team. The first Herbie. one, the, the one against the head would have had him going like, ah, ah, ah. And when he saw the second one, it's like, oh, no, no, no. Like, this is just getting too crazy. Herb Dean would have been doing the Cupid shuffle, going oh. to the left, to the right, kicking, and then doing the turn. And then finally would have, would have stopped him. What a, God, what, what a vastly different fight that could have been if Herb Dean was the referee instead of Mark Goddard. Wow. Thank you. Unreal. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Mark Goddard. Let's go to the wild card round, AK. And we're going to select one fighter. We have not match made for yet, uh-huh. and we're going to do it right now. So it could be someone from the main card that was not victorious that we have not match made for yet. It could be anybody from the prelims. You're up. What do you got? Mike, I cheated. Oh, no. <laughs> Hashtag rules rule. Always, of course. But I, I, I told you, I didn't really see the prelims. I saw the highlights. I have not watched the prelims. So oh, almost- you did the same thing I did, didn't you? <laughs> Manel Cop. <laughs> No, I didn't do that. Okay, good. okay, good. Um, and Alcott was supposed to fight Rogerio Bontarin, uh, unfortunately, the day before the fight. Uh, Bontarin withdrew. He had to go to the hospital. He was hospitalized with the kidney issues, which were related to his weight cut. He has had uh, issues making weight in the past. He missed for a uh, bantamweight bout against Matt Schnell. Um, so that was kind of troubling. This is a flyweight bout. And, uh, you know, we'll have to look at that in the future. And I'm sure Manalcott would be happy with running that one back. But at the same time, he's ready to go. Let's just get him. Listen, we got cards in June. Let's get him ready to fight. Let's send his, you know, whatever, or, or send him to Paris. Let's, uh, you know, whatever you want to do with them. But I think we need want to see. We want to see. We were robbed. This is an amazing card, and we could have had a Manel Cop fight on there as well. Think about how much that might have put it over the top. So uh, yeah, whatever it takes. Book this. That, that's my that's my pick. Manel Cop versus whoever whoever's ready to go. Um, let's get this man back in action. Get him booked as soon as possible. Yeah, and the answer is the year of the raw dog. Brandon Royval, that's the fight to make. Do it. Do it July 30th in Dallas. I think that's the perfect card to put it on. We get the flyweights in there. We got another big flyweight fight between Pantoja and Perez. That'd be a nice little addition to that card as well. I mean, come on. What fight? I can't think of a better fight. I mean, you probably could, but realistically, a better fight that would lead into a pay-per-view event coming off of an ESPN prelim, the freaking Manel Cap and Brandon Royval. Oh, my God. That would that would give you some pay-per-view buys for sure. I also cheated, AK. I cheated, and I cheated a different way because I chose a fighter that I think we did officially ban from the show. 
and we're, I'm unbanning him for the for the sake of this because listen, no disrespect to anybody from the prelims who got wins, but there's I mean you can match those winners up with anybody, and it makes sense. Like you're not wrong. I'm going with Andre Fialo, Matthew Semmelsberger. That's just a fun scrap. Just let those guys get in there. Listen, Andre Fialho, I think we've realized, and and I said this many times in the lead into the fight, super fun guy, has the power to knock out anybody in the first round. It's it's possible. But from a a skill versus skill level, he's not going to be a top 50. He he maybe cracks a top 50 at some point. I actually don't think he will. But he's not going to be a guy that's going to be fighting for a title or anything. He's going to be sort of in that, Nico Price, which is a great place to be, where every time your name comes up, people are like, yes, let's watch this dude fight. I think Fialho is going to be kind of in that boat, but so let's just give this dude fun fights. Him and Semmelsberger would be a super fun fight. Semmelsberger went hammer and tongs with Chaos Williams for 15 minutes and limped to tell the tale, and not many guys can say that. He did, and that's just a good fight. So that's the one I'm going with. I was going to say Semmelsberger is also an option for uh, Jack Della Maddalena, I feel. Yeah, that's a good one too. So if you guys, John Ray, yeah, I mean, Kulabal versus Elkins, oof, yeah, I like it. So if you all want to, you do Cap versus Dvorak. I mean, I think Cap's kind of way ahead of Dvorak at this point. Not way ahead, but yeah, I mean, that's not a bad one. I just don't. Dvorak's not the most active guy, so I think we're looking to get him in there quickly, right? Yeah, this is our goal here. Yeah. I mean, if Fialho had won Kevin Holland, if he beat Tim Means. Oh, that'd be so fun. I see a lot of, I've seen a couple of these, but Pajeda versus Jacob. I mean, what does Alex Pajeda have to do to get himself a top 10 opponent? What else does this <laughs> man have to do? But you could Jake ask looked the same fantastic. Thing for, okay. That's, yeah, Jake that's looked fantastic. Yeah. But Pajeda is just, Pajeda is just winning. Which is, it's five in a row or not? He's five in a row, right? Five. That's, is that if you count the Diego or if you don't count the Diego? I think it's if you don't. So six for me, probably. Real, real quick. It is five in a row, not including the, the Diego disqualification. Yeah. I mean, get, we need to. Pajeda has earned the right to see how good he is. Like, we need to put He deserves a top 10 guy, or at least someone ranked ahead of him. We test him. Let's see if this guy's the real deal. You got to do it now. And Jake is still a young man. He's got time. He's got time. Ponzinibbio. Good pick. I like that. That's a fine pick as well. Okay. I'm into that. I'm into that. There, yeah. There's there's your – I mean, he's not top 15 anymore, but, I mean, he's right – he's been in there, and he's right at the edge for me. I love the the love for Glover Teixeira. Uh, let me – where is it? I just yeah, – Listen, if you don't love Glover Teixeira after that fight, if I see anyone criticizing Glover Teixeira after that fight, you can – I was going to say just – no, listen, no. We're all friends here. We're all friends here. But if I see anyone talking mess about and, – and you know I'm serious because I despise everyone from the New England area except for Mike Heck and uh, and Glover DeShera. So this is how strong – this is how much I, this is how much this man has won me over. I'm calling John Anik right now and I'm going to tell him what you just said. Oh, he's trash. <gasps> he's trash. Great, great broadcaster. It's a shame that he's from New England. <laughs> is it time for Brendan Allen? To get another shot at a top 15 fight. My answer to that question is no, because you can I thought Brendan Allen won. I think I think the judges got this one right. However, a lot of people felt like 
Jacob Alcoon won that fight. And in Singapore, I thought there's a very good chance that he's going to get a little bit of home cooking and judges who aren't all that aware of the new scoring because we saw some weird scorecards throughout the night that didn't make a whole lot of sense. So you can make a... Com- I thought we were going to see maybe a splitty from Alcoon and it wouldn't have been a robbery. I scored it for Brennan. I don't know, man. I just... Brennan's a good, serviceable fighter. I just don't know if he's... I don't know if he's a top 15 guy. I just don't know, AK. Do you, maybe it's there. He's still pretty young. Like he's not like he's 35 right now, so he's still got time. I don't, I don't know what else he needs to do. I just I just don't – he's close. He's like teetering on that line, and just to me, he just he's just not quite there yet. In my rankings, I have him – I'm oh, sorry, UFC-only rankings, UFC-only rankings. Uh, I have him 18. I have him 18. He took a hit when he lost to uh, Chris Curtis. That definitely hurt his – his standing, he was he was probably I probably had him at 15 before that and just kind of knocked him down. He's got some great wins. I think Carl Robertson's a really good win. Carl Dacus, I think, is a really good win. Tom Breeze at the time was a really good win. Kevin Holland. Uh that's uh, you know, again, kind of uh yeah. Yeah, he's on the cusp, you know. Um, do I do what, what was the original question? Is is does he deserve a top 10 or top 15 guy? Should he give him a, should, should he get a top 15 opponent next? Top 15. Um uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. It, it, it's again, I didn't see the fight, but he him it was split and MMA decisions. Nine people had it for nine media scores had it for Malcoon, eight for Brendan Allen, and Brendan Allen himself after did not sound very enthusiastic about his uh, his performance. He was um, I, I, almost as bummed out as uh, Yuri was. Yuri called his performance horrible, uh, and he won by submission. He won a UFC title, so I guess uh, I, mean, I can't imagine how Brendan Allen was feeling. He's also kind of stuck in that middle of the pack where there's like a lot of good options for him. Um, some of these names are already booked, uh, but but there are it, it, there's no there's just no rush I think for the UFC to put him into the um, into the top fifteen. I think as you mentioned, Mike, I think you mentioned his age. He's twenty six, turns twenty seven this year. He's almost like a middleweight Jake Matthews type, where it's like let's let's just keep you know running him into guys that are around his range. Why why push him up? Let's see what we have here because yeah, very talented guy um, and, and a tough fighter. Uh, can can he take it to the next level? We'll see. I say again, give him some more, someone else again in in the sixteen to thirty range before the end of the year, and then uh, let's let's revisit this in twenty twenty three. Yeah, Chris Hewitt puts out the suggestion: Brennan Allen versus Edmund Shabazian. I don't know if I love that idea. I feel like that's a nightmare fight for Edmund Shabazian because Brennan's just so big for this weight class, and he's got really good top control. I just feel like Shabazian is just going to get put on his back and smoke for 15 minutes. And I think at this point, the next fight you book for Shabazian is something in his wheelhouse with a fellow striker that he has a chance to win. I think you've, you've already misbooked him a number of times at this point. You got to get this guy a win. And Brendan Allen is probably not the guy. Now, Daniel Edwards had this as suggestion. I like this fight a lot. I think this makes perfect sense. At 185, Jacob Alcoon versus Nick Maximoff. Yes. I mean, it's just, just going to be a scramble fest. So if you're into that kind of thing, the, the scrambles over those 15 minutes between these two guys is just going to be ridiculous. So I love this idea. That's a that's a deep cut. I like that. Um, and yeah, in regards to Shabazian, man, I keep thinking he has a fight booked or at least has had a fight booked that's fallen through. But we've had not even a whisper of a, of a matchup um, since his loss to uh, Nasruddin Imavov, which was in... Uh, this past November, November of last year, guys. So that's kind of crazy. He has. No, we are approaching 
Well, I shouldn't say we're actually a few months off from it, but we, we, he is at two and a half years since his last win. Like Brad Tavares, two and a half years for a wow. guy who is for a guy who's 24 years old and should be like in the, you know, should be in this nice, busy period, taking three fights a year, building his resume, getting experience to not have a win in two and a half years is crazy and and by no means is it too late for Edmund Shabazzian to turn things around because frankly frankly he hasn't even begun I mean his career I, I think his career hasn't begun but we have seen MMA fighters go from promising prospect to never will be uh very quickly I hope that's not the case for him um I do you know he has made very substantial changes to his management uh, which is that's a start that's a start right so uh, he's at least trying to do something. He's not hit, he's not just ramming his hands to the wall. But uh, yeah, Brendan Allen might not be the one you want to uh, to give him the business right now. By the way, do we have any extracurriculars? I don't know. Uh, I honestly, I did not have a chance to check. So again, hey, listen, listen. I'm told all our guy, our, our usual DM guys, usual listeners, pay per view shows. I'm sorry, we big time, we big time people. We go live. Uh, we big time the people who made us. Uh, but like I said, I'll try to respond to all y'all. And uh, if there's any individual ought no points to be handed out, maybe we'll carry it over to next week, Mike. Maybe maybe I'll take a look, and then we'll we can mention individual uh, ought no assi- point assignments uh, on next week's episode. All right. So if you have matchmaking suggestions, throw them in. Throw them in the chat. Keep going, guys. The, Keep the, going. And we're gonna get after this. Probably for the next like ten minutes, we're just gonna rapid fire your picks. Yes. Let me also, by the way, let me shout out Daniel Edwards again. I know he just gave us that great Malcoon Maximoff. This is his first time. He he is a first time Otno contributor. So he sent me a DM. So I appreciate. It. He sent me a DM and he tuned into the show. So Daniel Edwards, good job. So I'm gonna at first timers. I always like to give him some shine. Uh, he had uh, also just wants to see run back. Uh, uh, not run back. Excuse me. He wants a run back of Jan and Glover. So he's saying, let's do that one first, and maybe the winner of that, then we figure out, I guess, Gets Perhatchka? I don't know. And he wants uh, Yuri to face Ankalaev if he beats Smith, so I'm kind of on the same same page as that. Uh, and he writes, I like the Glover-Yan rematch as it occupies the old guard in a big fight while fresh blood gets their opportunity. Pretty All good right. Reason. Here we go. Jeremiah. Oh. Joshua Kulabov versus Joe Anderson Brito. Okay. I like that one. That's I'm a good into fight. it. I'm into it. It's a good fight. Yeah, I had a look. I didn't know Brito was was booked. He is not okay. uh, coming out the win over Andre Feely. But geez, Louise, what a fight! That's I mean, that's just going to be pure chaos. I love it. Uh, Gene Tidwell, run it back. Valentina, Tiago, or Tyler Santos too. Not Tiago. Yeah, I mean we want Tyler Santos. Yeah, I, I think we're all. A can lot you of us are can you grab this question from Cameron Batco about the the the, the that uh, montage they ran during the prelims? Apparently, the bit that was uh, narrated by Bisping. Oh my God! We'll get to that. I'll get to that. I'll okay. get to that. I'll get to that. Yeah, grab it when you can. Grab it when you can. Uh, Blue Raider 1086 <laughs> versus oh. Christopher. You know what? <laughs> Blue Raider 1086. I love it. People always talk about number one contenders match. People never talk enough about the number sixteen contenders match, and oh, that's amazing. that is right. Why? Why don't? Why don't people build this? Like this is this is this number sixteen <laughs> on the line. <laughs> Not for all the for this fight is for some of the marbles. Oh, that is tremendous! Well done, well done, Blue Raider. I like that. Could be the headliner of a contender series card or something. I mean, that is just unbelievable. John Wick, if they made Usman Mazadal too, there's no reason they can't be Glover Yuri too. I mean, I think there's different circumstances here. We're talking about Mazadal stepped in on like a week's notice to fight Usman, cut all that weight, wasn't the most compelling fight, and at the time. I mean, Mazel is yeah. probably the best financial and 
you're trying to you're trying to sell tickets to an event in Florida, first one in the crowd since the pandemic started. I mean, I just didn't see any other way if you're going to put Usman in, in the main event spot, if we're being honest, but unless you get somehow lure like GSP back, which we knew uh, wasn't going to happen. Another big difference, uh, Usman and Masvidal didn't murderize each other for 25, for near 25 minutes in the first fight. So uh, yeah, that's that to consider. Yes. Going through here. The thing that just likes to jump around. Oh, I think I got it perfect there. How about that? What'd you, what? Yeah, I mean, we're going to answer oh. this. I know Dan, I've seen this a million times. No, she did not no. get robbed. Uh, for Valentina. Robbery review incoming Monday. And I may, and I may change my mind. Like I said, I do have to, it's the second round was the, sing, was the swing round. I do have to watch that round again. My thoughts were uh, Shevchenko did enough damage on the feet to to overcome the very little offense that Santos had in top control. But I will watch I will watch the round again. But I'm, I'm thinking not a robbery. A lot of Brendan Allen matchmaking here. James McDonald, Brendan, Brendan Allen, Andre Petrosky. Ooh. Like that. That's a big jump up for Petrosky. I mean, and listen, Petrosky called out Gerald Mearshart, and Brendan Allen and Gerald Mearshart are like bros. So there you go. Brendan Allen versus Mahmoud Muradoff. I don't know if Muradoff is booked. I think he is booked. I think it's a recent one. Let me just look it up real quick. Um, let me look, go to the old Tapology page. Yes. Check. I believe he is booked. He is booked against. Oh my God. I just. Abu Supian Magomedov. Oh, Abus. Abus. Uh, you can shorten that to Abus. Abus Magomedov. Sure. There you go. Let's see what else we got. Shabazi might not fight for a while. Yeah. Why? Why? What's up? I mean, listen. He's gonna, he's gonna get better. Take some time. You're, not, you're right. I encourage if he can afford to take time off. I encourage it. You're right. You're right. Kang looked good against Dana. What do you think of Kang versus the winner of Eddie Wyland versus Cody Stamen next week? Love it. Love it. Good fight. Thank you, Jose. Terrible profile picture. It is uh, for uh, anyone who's listening to this in podcast form. It is of course the Frankie Edgar's face getting deformed by a friend kick from Cheeto Vera. Terrible. Terrible profile pic. Hector. How about Brandon Allen versus Kelvin Gaslam? Good fight to get Gaslam back on track and a chance for Allen to elevate himself. What do you think about that idea? I mean, that's the top. If you want to throw him in there with someone on the top of Dean, I mean, that's the guy, right? Uh, you know, Calvin Gaslam, I mean, we just want to get him. God, he's had such a weird run. Like, he's someone I still consider to be an elite middleweight. Maybe it is just the fumes of the uh, the Israel Adesanya fight that I've never had, which, by the way, that's well three years over three years ago now. Um, but I, I don't know. I just, he's only lost to like the best of the best, of the best guys and Darren Till. And that was a close fight. So I don't know. I don't know how much we can knock him down. Um, and they keep matching him up. Like he's a top guy. Now Sardine Mavov, uh, Drikas Duplessis, you know, these fights just didn't happen, but he's obviously the UFC does not view him as someone that needs to give an easy fight. So yeah, maybe Brandon, maybe Brendan Allen is the right name for him. And if you're Brendan Allen, I mean, you definitely jump at that one. Allen versus the winner of Buckley Duraev. I think if Duraev wins, that's an interesting fight. Buckley, I mean, Buckley could knock, could clearly knock out Brendan Allen, but if Brendan gets his fight to the ground, I just don't, I don't like his chances. Yeah. So, yeah, not a, I mean, not a bad idea. Another uh, Alan Petrosky suggestion from Jay. What was the um, J, JDM versus Bunier? Is this, what, what was the the comment? Uh, Cameron Bradco, I believe, was the name of the commenter. And he just wanted to know. I didn't see this again. This was on the prelims. I was oh, made, one, okay. There you go. Cameron Batco, excuse me. What were your opinions on the media package that Bisping did during the prelims that showed all the brutal knockouts? Now, I missed this. Uh, again, I was I was out uh, with a, at a family family occasion. 
Of course, uh, MMA's number one sadist, uh, Kristen King, immediately messaged me saying, did you see that? That was amazing. <laughs> that was a great. She's like, that's the greatest thing I've ever seen. And I'm like, and she described like, oh, they just showed all these injuries. Fantastic. And I'm like, okay, fair enough. Uh, so I don't know if it's on YouTube, if they throw it up on YouTube or if it's on their uh, social media, it probably is. So I will. Well, I should ask you, Mike, should I look at this? I'm pretty squeamish. It was. Did you ever see, did you ever watch the show Curb Your Enthusiasm? You I have not Curb? yet. And I don't know why I should. Okay. So there's this, um, there's an episode where Larry David has a free, like a freak show book. It's just about, it's, it's, it's about a book of like freaks and, he gave it to Ted, tried to give it to Ted Danson as like a birthday present. Ted Danson thought it was like kind of effed up. So there's a, there's a scene where Larry David and tennis player John McEnroe are uh -huh. like going through the freak book and they're sitting in this like VIP lounge and they're just reacting to all of like the freak photos and stuff from, from whatever that is. That's what this package reminded me of. It was a whole thing about Ioana's face after the first Zhang Wei Li fight, then the brutal knockouts, but not just the brutal knockouts what they looked like after. So you saw like Devin Clark's teeth all knocked out. You saw Alistair Overeem's lip. You saw all the gnarly, like sort of gruesome moments from that aspect. It was just weird. Why? It was just a weird thing. Why? Like this is a very, this is a very WWE-ish kind of, a, it was just a very strange package do you think that opinion. they do you think they showed that in the singapore broadcast i don't the know broadcast that aired because they're not i mean again we're basing this on kind of one's presentation of what they say the fan base is like in singapore and in asia they usually don't emphasize that sort of thing like that kind of grotesque grotesquery um so i am like yeah, I don't know. I am really uh, surprised that, that happened. I don't know why they would do it. It just doesn't sound like something that's good for that's good for business. So I don't know. Truly bizarre. Uh, so I, I don't have to watch this, right? I mean, it's, I mean, you could watch it. I'm sure you will. <laughs> as a is it uh, as a media member? Am I am I required to? I mean, not really. It's just it's just so it was just so weird and like out of place. It just was. So it's like somebody pitched this for the first time and they're like, let's try it. And it, and it was just weird. And by the way, and so we are saying Kristen King is the, the Larry David of, uh, of at the MMA world then. Yeah. She texted all of her friends. She probably FaceTimed them. <laughs> and was like, watch this, watch this. And they uh, probably were all reacting together. There's probably Instagram stories about said reaction. Okay. I'm going to tell her to listen to this later. Kristen, don't get me a freak book or anything or, or a freak, I don't know, <laughs> online for a freak book, NFT or whatever version of, of that, that exists online. All right. I don't want to see it. Uh, let's run through some of these quick Bonfish Kang versus Kyler Phillips. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, I don't think Kyler Phillips is like so high that he shouldn't be taking on like tough fights like Jung Okang. Yep. Ghost Phantom 98. Oh, we didn't even mention since people think have we mentioned, deserve a title shot. Have we mentioned Marina once on the show so far? And you know what's funny? As I mean, it was like 5 a.m. as this was happening, but even when Shaheen was talking about division and he listed off all the names, he didn't mention Marina either. Marina has been left out of this conversation altogether now. And she sounds like she, she again, she's, and she's kind of had this attitude after some of her other big wins. She's kind of, it sounds like, again, like, yeah, I understand that. Cause she, she said before the fight, uh, talking, talking, talking to Jose Youngs, who did, by the way, did incredible work on site in Singapore, 12 hours away out on the other side of the world. Um, 
she said like, yeah, you know, now I'm angling for a fight with Rose maybe in August. You know, she wasn't like she wasn't like a, it wasn't like a proper call out or anything, but she sounded like she sounded like, yep. I know I'm not, and this is before, by the way. This is before the the uh, the the, the uh, Zhang's win. She was just like, yeah. She seemed to know I'm not getting it. She's she's read the tea leaves. She's read, I guess, what we've said in the media. What Dana White has kind of hinted at, uh, not hinted at. Sorry, what Dana White said straight out this week. Whoever wins that fight's getting a tele shot. So rather than kick and scream, she just says, "Give me another fight. Give me the friggin' former champion Rose Namajunas, and I'll I'll beat her and I'll earn the tele shot that way." And I don't know, man. It is it is uh, it is crazy. Um, but I think it says something also that, yeah, we hadn't even mentioned her up, up until this point. So maybe she fights Zhang. I don't know. We got to talk about Manashata. Ooh. I love this fight. Jeremiah Manashata versus Euros Medic. Love it. 22 years old? No yeah. way. No way. Uh, I saw somebody else say uh, Manashata versus Slava Claus. Okay. That's not a bad one. Mm-hmm. Uh, there it is right there. Question for host, can Rakic lay and pray his way to the title? Probably not. But you know who could? Magomed Ankalaev could do that. And I'm not saying that like... Oh, I I think he finishes Yuri. <gasps> really? Yeah. I yeah. don't think so. I know people are saying, oh, well, Glover couldn't do it. I think there's a athleticism gap um, that helped Yuri. And that's not taking away from Yuri's... Uh, also, his insane preparation, his natural... Like, he's just a really sk- a skilled, smart fighter. <laughs> Um, but I think Magomed's not going to F around. Um, I don't think he's going to jump for a Gilead in an opportune time. I think he's just got that super solid ground game that's going to break uh, Yuri down, and uh, I think he actually will. I'll call it now. He's going to finish him. Wow. Jake Matthews. Rematch? I mean, I would pick... Rematch? I, let's do it again. Maybe Le- I don't think he wants to fight that guy. Did uh, Jaden Rosario, do you not remember when friggin' uh, Li Jinglang nearly gouged his damn eyes out? So, uh, yeah, maybe I don't know. If revenge. Gonna, yeah, maybe. I don't know if we can see that one again. That's just funny, but I love it. And I agree with you. Glover deserves to be a big star. He should be. He's every, like in a perfect world, you know, Glover would be like Conor McGregor big, but we don't live in that world, sadly. Uh, Shata versus Natan Levy. That would be Ooh, fun. I like that. Yeah. Good. Yeah. They're, they're around the same spot in the rankings for me. Yeah. I like that. Kirkland, come on. No. Kirkland, middle. Come on. That's Jack Della versus Sean I love Brady. you, buddy, but no, really? No. No, Sean Brady. You sent Sean Brady back to Jack Della Maddalena? That's no, and, and I just think it's way too soon. It may be a fun fight, but I just don't think we need to see it yet. I'm not gonna pull this one up because we didn't read the we didn't read the Manashata versus Bobby. Come on, Bobby Green's fighting Jim Miller. <laughs> Very soon, too. Uh hold on. I need to shout let me see if I need to shout out any. Oh, yeah. Let me shout out another first timer while while you're digging up some comments here. This sure. is from Big Squad, Big Squad, Brick Squad on email. What's up, Brick Squad? Uh, I'll just read out some of these. Kyung Ho versus Casey Kenny. We've had a lot of Casey Kenny matchups over the, over the last, I feel like, few episodes. Like, just like used to get in there. Brendan Allen versus Wellington Terman. Is Terman? This would be a battle of two guys who have beaten Sam Alvey, right? Or did did Wellington Terman beat him? That, that was such a weird fight. See, this is what. See, guys, what, what, did, yeah. Normally, we have time to prep. But listen, um, I have like I can't I think of any other matchup I want to see more in the history of the UFC than the battle for the number 16 spot. Yes, you're right. You're right. We're, we've settled on Brendan Allen versus. And there's a story Jaco. there because Jaco just beat Gerald Mearshart. There we go. Now we get a story to tell. Uh, no uh, fight for Terman as of right now. How do you feel, uh, Josh Kulabal versus Lucas Almeida? I think people I've mentioned that. It. I think people mentioned that in our show last week. It was like Almeida versus the Kulabal. 
uh, Choi winner. So I think that's simple. It's almost like kind of following up on that. Uh, Jack Della Maddalena versus Masaranduba. Hmm. Francisco Trinaldo. I don't hate it. Huge experience gap, but like I could see the UFC just doing it. Uh, Zhang Weili versus Esparza. Yeah, people want to say head. <laughs> Frick Squad, this is just juvenile. Head Batina Borchenko versus Tyler Santos, too. That's it. Come on. That's amazing. Come on. I I do always like when people I do always like when people are making a, a, like an insulting nickname and they use both the first and last name because people you know he could have gone with Bo- he could have gone with uh, Head Batina Shevchenko he could have gone with Valentina Borchenko he said no no he's like I can't I'm not choosing one I'm going both I like when people do it where it's almost unrecognizable who the person is talking about. That's commitment wow. to insulting someone. And uh, they, of course, they just want to see uh, Glover and Yuri run it back. So thank you, Brick Squad. And thank you for that amazingly creative insult at uh, one of the greatest fighters of all time, Valdina Shevchenko. Couple more. All right. Does Israel Adesanya, does Israel Adesanya have any chance to get Jerry Prashka? <sighs> I feel like this would be... I feel like if the UFC had their druthers, this would be the fight they would build towards like in the next two years. Like Izzy just keeps going. Yuri goes on a run. And I feel like this would be the one that it would lead to at the end. Like this would be the end of the road would be these two guys. I'm now you're asking to... a lot of both guys, especially Yuri Prohashka. But if that happens, let's just say both guys run off three to four title defenses in the next 18 months to two years. You know the UFC. Dana, I'm telling you right now, if Izzy beats Jared Cannonier. When I'm in Vegas at UFC 276, I guarantee you that Dana White is going to be asked about Izzy versus Yuri Prohashka. I guarantee it. The seed will be planted then and there. But if these guys run off title defenses, that is where the UFC probably wants to go with this thing at the very end of it, right? I remember when the Israel Adesanya... um... Jan Blahovic fight was made. I think I was like a lot of people. I was pretty excited about it, but stylistically, it did feel a little imperfect. It did feel a bit, uh, a bit odd. But you know, um, I mean, who didn't want to see uh, Adesanya, you know, put his this unbeaten run on the line in another division? So that was cool. I, I think you're right. I'd want to see a build towards it. I don't know how soon it would make sense. I guess it depends. Yes, it depends how um, Adesanya's fight Adesanya's fight goes with Cannoneer. If uh, he fights someone else in middleweight, because there are guys out there, um, Andre Muniz and uh, uh, Alex, the Alex Pajeda, of course, the rematch. So, yeah, it feels like it could happen. And now, and Yuri also would have to go on a on a streak, right? And we're not even sure if he gets past Ankalaev. So, a cool fight to talk about. I'm definitely leaning towards it probably never happening. I don't know if you're with me on that one, Mike. If you if you had to bet, like, I if if you had to throw up arbitrarily throw a percentage on there i'd give like a 20 percent chance of happening i don't know if you feel stronger about it i'm probably a little higher because i think that's what the like i get i i think that internally the ufc is already talking about this fight as a possibility just build it up but again we're asking a lot of both guys we've talked about it ad nauseum it is so hard to be a ufc champion and just continuously defend your title against these contenders mm-hmm. i feel like I feel like you, the gap is a little closer at 205. Not saying that, I mean, I, not saying that, none, that Izzy can't be beat at 185, but I feel like he'll beat Jared Cannonier, even though Cannonier brings some stylistic challenges. Alex Pajeda, I mean, that's look what they did with Alex Pajeda. Alex Pajeda had like, what, 
four MMA fights and he's already a win away from fighting for the title after three UFC fights. That's wild. But we knew where they were kind of kind of build to that, even though deep down it didn't make a whole lot of sense, like from a meritocratic perspective. But here we are. And if Alex Mahada beats Sean Strickland at UFC 276, and Izzy beats Jared Cannonier, that's going to be the next fight. Unranked to title fight, AK. So it, what, I, I'm t- I guarantee you their like, initial discussions are like, man, can you imagine if we get Izzy versus Yuri in there? That's a big deal. But yeah, I don't know. Inter, I can believe there's internal discussions. I, I could, I can buy into that. I can buy into that. I, I just don't think it happens anytime soon, or, or frankly, for in my opinion, possibly ever. Yeah, let's go. Let's see if we can find a couple more here, uh, and then we're gonna get out of here. Kenzie Dern is champ soon. All right. Hey, stranger things have happened, and and I, I said on the post fight show, I always love fighters that have an A plus skill. Uh, you need, you certainly need to see them rounded out. But like Glover Teixeira is a perfect example. Well, he has like multiple A plus skills. I, he will be He was like a really great, looked at as a really outstanding elite boxer before he started really, um, you know, sort of using his jujitsu more, uh, which was already also an elite level. We just didn't uh, see him using it to finish. Um, uh, it wasn't that his like his his method of his preferred method of finishing to the first whatever thirty fights of his career. Now he's gone. He went on this incredible uh, submission streak. But um. Yeah, so I always like Mackenzie Duran's chances. She's a plus athlete as well in the division. So anyone wants to counter out, I, I understand why. But the UFC wants to give her a chance. I think she's closer than people think to being a legitimate um, uh, threat to win a title. Maybe I'm selling it too much. I don't know. I think we've done enough here. I think we have match made. I think you guys helped us a lot. There's a lot of comments. I didn't think we'd get a lot of people, especially after technical difficulties with the first link. We got the second link. We're up to like 6 a.m. talking about it and trying to come down from just a ridiculously crazy UFC 275 main card, an insane main event, so many storylines. I can't wait to talk about it throughout the week. Oh, hold on. And- I, I ran a poll, Mike. I ran a poll. Oh, we had a poll. Right. Okay. Yes, there was a poll. Let me let me end the poll now. Who, in the spirit of future matchmaking, which fighter are you most excited to see again after UFC 275? Yuri Prashka ran away with it. 65%. Uh, Zhang, Valentina, and Tyler were all in there. Uh, Zhang, Zhang second to 17%, Valentina 10%. Tyler Santos really low, 6%. But um, I guess to, just sort of compared to uh, to Yuri that no one really stood a chance because uh, what a performance that was. What um, was it? Wait, wait so what was Yuri and Glover again? Oh, uh, it was just Yuri. I just put Yuri. I just put Yuri. Um, Yuri and Glover would be the top two easy. Okay, okay. So it I should have put I should have put a Glover in there, but I want to show Tyler no, Santos. Fine, it's fine, it's fine. Yeah. Also, it's only I'm surprised. I'm surprised Yuri isn't higher. Honestly, I'm a little surprised Zhang isn't higher. I thought yeah, that's a good foot. That's, that's a, a crazy one. knockout, and don't and I assume people just want to see the title fight, right? Um, so uh, but yeah, but I mean, Gary's just so fun to watch. You know what? You put on one of the greatest fights of all time. What a shocker! People want to see you fight again. And, and Mike, I do want to tell people because we probably have some a lot of viewers that we don't normally get. Uh, send your picks in in the future, guys, because you know we love getting your comments on YouTube. This is a super fun way of doing it. But if you do become a regular, if you are a new listener, a viewer, and you want to be and you become a regular listener. Again, we do this podcast after every card. Send me your picks, people. On uh, my DMs are open everywhere. Instagram at Alexander K Lee, uh, K K Lee, excuse me. Twitter at Alexander K Lee, just the one K. Email Alex dot Lee at espionation.com. M underscore Heck JR is where you can submit your Otno picks. 
By the way, if you enjoyed UFC 275, I have a good feeling that we're going to enjoy even more fights next Saturday because the UFC is returning to Austin, Texas. And I really like this fight card. On paper, I felt that this was the top to bottom better fight card than UFC 275. Now the bar is set extremely high. Calvin Cater versus Josh Emmett, the main event. Donald Cerrone versus Joe Lozon. Tim Means versus Kevin Holland. Joaquin Buckley, Albert Duraev. Demir Ismagulov versus Guram Kutatsalatse. That fight is friggin' awesome. Julian Marquez, Gregory Rodriguez. That main card is nuts. And Julian Marquez versus Gregory Rodriguez. That's perfect. Beautiful matchmaking. Beautiful matchmaking. Adrian Yanez. On the prelims. Yeah, Adrian Yanez on the prelims against Tony Kelly. Uh, Crazy. I think Adrian Yanez is going to be quite the fan favorite in Austin and around the world. Jeremiah Wells, Court McGee, Jasmine Jazdavizius versus Natalia Silva. Gloria De Paula, Maria Oliveira, Danny Chavez, Ricardo Hamos, Cody Stamen, Eddie Weiland, Kyle Dawkins, Roman Delize, Phil Haas, Deron Wynn, all going down next Saturday in Austin. I love it. And by the way, not loving all these fights are good. I'm not even going to complain that it's a 14 fight card. We have a 4 p.m. Eastern prelim, 7 p.m. Eastern main card, I believe. And I like that a lot. I like that a lot. So a lot to be excited about. These next bunch of cards are going to be great. Because guess what? Guess what's headlining the card after that? Oh, the one. Of, oh one yeah, of, the the the, the uh, hardcore fans delight. Oh, we know what that is. It is Matush Gamrot versus the future UFC lightweight champion Armand Sarukyan. Five rounds, baby. Let's go. And with that being said. So much to look forward to. Get some sleep, AK. Get some sleep, everybody. We appreciate you joining us the day after chaos. For AK Lee, I am Mike Heck. Always remember the golden rule of this show and just MMA fighting content in general. Don't take this stuff too seriously. MMA is supposed to be fun. We'll have more fun next week right here on On to the Next One. The podcast, not in video, in audio. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. With the NBA Finals around the corner, you can bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet up to 1500 bucks if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from HubSpot. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You just need HubSpot. Because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this. High-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.